Strange Indeed, a podcast dedicated to the Netflix show Sweet Tooth. This week we're covering episode four of Sweet Tooth titled Secret Sauce. <sighs> Interesting titles. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> it's a darker one once you know what that is. Uh, <laughs> yeah, it isn't some fun thing they're putting on burgers. This is mm-hmm. very morbid and icky. Um, yeah. So what there uh, I, I don't know. I have mixed thoughts on this episode, but I'm interested to hear what you think and just in general, general thoughts about this yeah. episode this week. Um, I'm still loving it. I think it was great. There was good. a lot of really good, really good stuff. And we keep this world building. I'm still not sure. And we'll talk about, you know, specifics and reasons later, mm-hmm. but what the timelines exactly are doing. I'm starting to wonder Thanks. if things are a little uh, non-linear and I'm not really sure, but I'm, I'm hoping that we will get those answers. I hope so too. I hope I hope it clears up a little bit as we continue cuz this episode marks the halfway point, right? It's an 8 episode mm. show and Dang. so we're yeah. I know um I feel like Netflix shows sometimes go to 10, so I'm used to I always think that they're 8 and they always end up being 10. So this time it's kind of going backwards a little bit. So I'm I'm trying to like be cognizant of that, but yeah, we're halfway there already. Um, with the show. So after mm-hmm. um, this week, we'll be on the back half. Um, so, so fast. It has went by really fast. Um, <laughs> so, yeah, I, I'm glad that you mentioned that. I'm curious about the timeline too. Um, and we can talk about that if, if you've got more in your points. But um, I did not, I, I won't say, I won't go so far as to say I disliked the episode, but I just had some mixed feelings about a couple parts of it. So, yeah. Um, which we can definitely get into, but um, yeah. With that being said, let's go ahead and just jump into it because I'm I'm I have questions, I have thoughts, and I want to see how you feel, and then I want to see if I feel any different after talking it out with you by the end of, okay, end of um, cool. our conversation. <laughs> so, what is your um, number five? All right, I'm going to start off interesting here. Number five. I called Nosy Nancy. Uh, uh, I'm just going to go ahead and talk about her. She's one of uh, mine too. And that's what I named yeah. my, my point to nice. Nosy Nancy. <laughs> Perfect. <laughs> awesome. Yeah. yeah. If we thought she was a little unbearable last week, holy crap. Um, yep. <laughs> it's a little much. Uh, and it starts off pretty early, early morning. Cause you know, they make a point to say, you know, Addie gets up really early. He's got, a long day ahead of him at the the clinic. And then Ronnie has gotten up even before him. And of course, yeah, he's uh, plagued by some nightmares and things going on. <laughs> Not even pop tarts. <laughs> yeah. Not even pop tarts can help him with. Uh, but yeah, uh, when he heads out, Nancy's already out there Mm-mm. complaining about the flower in his yard. Uh, first she thing off. He is just all up in your business. Mm-hmm. all up in your space yeah yeah uh now i remember you know the flowers we remember jep saying something about that they show up with the sick mm-hmm. and then we even see as he's riding off to work like at around doug's, doug's house, house after it burned down all of these flowers have bloomed all around it yeah so do you and, think what he said was like oh 
Well, they spring up just from time to time. Or do you think it's because, you know, uh, Ronnie is sick and it's... I think it does have a connection with her being sick. Like, it's only one flower because obviously, like, her sickness is at, like, a contained level or, like, it's been Mm -hmm. something that they've been working on. But it's, it's not working as well now like it's getting worse or harder to control right and so now the flower is starting to pop up and i think at this point already nancy has kind of put things together on her own she is going over there and bothering them i think in her mind knowing ronnie's sick and she's they're hiding it she's definitely got some strong suspicions i think yeah. yeah And so, yeah, again, I was just like, nosy Nancy, just mind your own damn business. <laughs> She's a busybody. I thought it was quite yeah. funny when, you know, um, he's, you know, he's he's trying to get rid of her. And then he just finally looks at her and he's like, have a good day, Nancy. Like, <laughs> yeah. get the so message. Like, well, bye. bye. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Get so, of course, here. then when he leaves for work, what does she do is go right back and bother Ronnie. And we don't get to really see a lot of her and Ronnie's conversation but i could just imagine ronnie trying to hold it all together and be like yeah you're right that's you know <laughs> something's going on we, exactly. should, we should figure it out uh so yeah when Addie comes back from work we realize this conversation they've been having we're now nosy nancy has decided she wants to institute weekly virus tests and even in finger quotes that listeners can random testing which is her way of saying, uh, I just want to, I need a ploy to force Ronnie to have to take a test so we know she's positive. Yep. And <laughs> you were right. Addie has a good re. I mean, of course, his reasoning for being like, no, we can't do that is because he wants to keep his wife safe. But also, he makes some good points of like, do we, you think we have enough tests to just weekly test everybody in the community mm-hmm. constantly? It's like, we've had a system when people show symptoms, that's when we test. And why do you, you know, why do we want to change things? And of course, you know, Nancy's not happy with that. So she's going to go speak to the manager. Sorry. I mean, she's going to go call a community <laughs> meeting and uh, put it to a vote. <laughs> uh, oh, gosh, that, that was good. <laughs> <laughs> and yeah. And then, of course, just one last little dig that confirms her suspicions is the anniversary bait throwing that out there like well i hope you enjoyed your anniversary and ronnie kind of screwed it up there being like what it's like oh your anniversary yesterday because that's why you were not feeling good and sleeping in this morning and all these other things that i've been bothering people about Mm -hmm. and so yeah she puts it together and she's about to blow the whistle on everything but luckily Mm. i uh, i wrote a little poem for the occasion it uh oh good nosy nancy such a chore Because no one's business was secure. By the horse she walked and her shit got rocked. Now nosy Nancy is no more. Um. I love that. That is really good. (laughs) That is really good. And and very fitting. (laughs) Oh my goodness. Yeah, the horse saved the day. Yeah. (sighs) Yeah. um, Like I said, she was one of my points too. So, I mean... I feel like we knew that this was going to happen, right? When we met Nancy mm-hmm. in that episode and like she was not going to let something go. Once I think her nose, um, you know, found her way there, she was going to start prying. So I feel like we knew that this was probably going to happen. And yeah. 
And honestly, you know, I'm on board with you as far as your thoughts about her being annoying. But, you know, honestly, though, she wasn't wrong about what she was saying. Um, no. You know, she I know that she she is looking out for the community. But and, and she doesn't see that gray area with the sick like Addie does. You know, he's the one that's been caring for his wife. And um, so Nancy was definitely wrong in her execution of how she decided to conduct her interrogation or her yeah. questioning. So she was definitely wrong in that. Um, and and we've seen that this community is yeah. very quick to uh, yeah. literally <laughs> light someone on fire over the smallest, like, oh, you're sick. Okay, time to go bye-bye. Exactly. Like, like They're very quick on that. <laughs> there's no questioning. There's no, I mean, I feel like, and again, the, the timeline kind of comes into question. We're not quite sure where they are in this timeline, um, but clearly this is, they're in it. And they have been for quite some time. Um, Mm -hmm. So these are people that they've known each other for a really long time. It's a very small community. um, But, I mean, they're very quick to, like, take you out. Like, I mean, they just took out Doug without question. I mean, who knows how long they've known Doug and been friends with Doug. And all of a sudden, like, nope, sorry, bub. You know, wrap him up and set him on fire. Um, So, Mm -hmm. yeah, they're, they're very quick to take action. And they're not asking any questions or she wouldn't even listen to Addie when he's like, you know, hey, I've got like I'm working on something. There's there's a potential cure here. I have medicine that can help. And she didn't care. She wasn't going to hear any of it. She was definitely going to go to the rest of the community. And we knew what was going to happen. And yeah, the horse intervened. Um, Mm -hmm. And I'm and I'm I'm glad because um, I mean, I'm. This not don't mean to say that I'm glad she's dead, but I mean I'm glad that the horse killed her and not Addie and Ronnie, because I feel like yeah. it, it keeps Addie morally conflicted and it doesn't he doesn't just immediately jump to being a killer. I like that right. he's kind of stayed where he's at because I mean we're seeing that struggle right with his decisions and his ethics and morality of potentially using hybrids, um, yeah, you know as as part of the cure or the medicine anyway. Um, so I'm glad that it wasn't him. Um, but man, they've got mm-hmm. themselves in a pickle now. Um, yeah, which like- I wonder why they're trying to hide the body at the end of the episode. Cause it's like, you have plausible deniability, like just be, like, tell just- the actual truth. Like she walked, she was running her mouth like Nancy does. Wouldn't shut up about whatever she was on about that day. And she walked behind the horse too close and it spooked it and she, it, it, it kicked her. And I that's mean, what happened? That's what horses do. <laughs> Um, mm-hmm. yeah, I think that it was to help. Cause I thought that too, uh, initially, my initial thought was like, well, why are you hiding her? I mean, it was an accident, but I, you know, and I mean, it was the horse and everybody knows you don't walk behind a horse, mm-hmm. but I think it was just so they don't draw and do attention on themselves. Like keep it, you know, keep attention away from them that if, if, if yeah. they have to, you know, even if they left her where she was like, well, we don't know how this happened. Apparently she walked behind the, behind the horse. Um, you know, it's still going to bring a lot of people around and draw yeah. maybe suspicion. So that was my way of thinking is that she, you know, they don't need the attention. Mm-hmm. So, but I had the same, I thought the same. I mean, I, I feel like it's going to be good or bad. I feel like hiding a dead body in their community, mm-hmm. it's not going to go well either. Like this, it's, yeah. that wasn't a great idea either. 
leaving her there and trying to, you know, explain it away, even though that's what really happened, still draws attention. So I feel like they're in kind of a very bad situation either way. Yeah, because people are going to wonder where she is no matter what, because Nancy's not the one to be quiet and stay away from people. So no. she well, she's the neighborhood watch, uh, like mm-hmm. Captain, too. Right. So, yeah, you know, she's people are going to wonder why she's not out and about doing her thing. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, it's not good. Not good. That was a good number five. Good way to get us started. Um, well, I, I'm my number five is the animal army. Um, right. Our introduction to the animal army. Um, I really felt I, I, I have some conflicted thoughts about this whole animal army being mm-hmm. run by a bunch of teenagers um, that are orphans. Um, I don't know if I've really settled on how I feel about them just yet, but you know, I felt like there was a real Lord of the Flies thing yeah. going on here. Um, and then, you know, I was thinking about how it must feel for Gus as he's being introduced, you know, to this group of kids. I mean, talk about sensory overload, uh, right. arcade games, neon signs, computers, and candy. Um, <laughs> I can't imagine what that must be like for someone, um, you know, for Gus who's been so isolated and in this like wilderness bubble that he was in with Pubba for so long. I mean, we saw how he was at like the market and how overwhelming that was for him, all these people and the things that he saw and witnessed and nearly being um, killed. Um, And then now he's, you know, here at this abandoned um, like arcade um, with all these kids where again, there's lights and electricity and was it internet? Was there internet too? Or (laughs) how are they looking stuff up on the computer? I'm not sure how all that is working, but, um, Mm -hmm. but anyway, I can't imagine what that must be like for uh, someone in guest's shoes. Um, so I don't know. I was trying to kind of understand a little bit about what they were, um, like what their mantra was or what they, what they were believing. And, um, when they were talking, you know, about Gus, cause he's like, well, you know, my friend Rusty told me that, you know, people hate me or hate, hate kids mm-hmm. like me. Um, and which that line, I was just like, oh, I, I really <laughs> picked it. My friend Rusty. Oh, I still- <laughs> but well that, and then when he's like, you know, he said that people hate hate kids mm-hmm. like me and i'm like oh you know god the, the the thing the things that this kid carries around you know his yeah. very existence like it's not it's just his existence um it is heartbreaking to me that he he has to know that and feel that and carry yeah. that it just breaks my heart um but the way that they explain it was and this really freaking hit home for me. I'm like, if this show could please stop throwing this big, like spotlight on like what is going on in our world today. Um, You know, I'm like, it's, it's just, sometimes it's a little bit too much of a reminder. It, it, there is enough of a fantasy element, but there's still a big spotlight. Um, When bear is talking about how they believe anyway, that the virus was nature's way of punishing humans for destroying the planet. Mm-hmm. Um, with their selfish needs and nature um, started to heal itself with the creation of hybrids who I guess can live without taking and help keep the world alive. And I'm like, gosh, it's like this punishment for how we've treated the earth um, and kind of wiped everyone out. And, you know, we have to start over and I'm like, it just hits 
so close to home <laughs> you <Yeah>. know, with <laughs> how we are literally today destroying the planet. I mean, the ocean was just on fire um, not that mm-hmm. long ago. Um, so, so yeah, I'll try, try to keep some of that out of here because we want to be a little away from that, but at the same time, it's hard to not recognize it. Um, yeah. So I, I started thinking, I was like, am I going to open my door and see like a hybrid kid standing when I, next time I leave my house? Like, I feel like, <laughs> is this what we're coming to? We've got, we don't know what's happening. We're destroying our world. <laughs> um, we've got our own pandemic we're dealing with. If I start seeing a hybrid kid running down the street, then I'm, I'm just going to lock myself up. I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> like, it's, it's all <laughs> To um, the zoo. Oh. Yeah, exactly. To the zoo. That's not a bad place to be. I wouldn't mind being at a, mm. at a zoo. Um, but anyway, um, just found it interesting, like how they dress. You know, they're wearing these furs and these schools. And I'm like, I don't know. What did you think about that? It's like, were they trying to be? Because th- that one boy told Gus, he's like, well, because we want to be like you. And, you know, yeah. so is that what they're kind of emulating? Is like, they, because they want to be like, hybrids they put them on this pedestal or something so is that what they're trying to dress like or what did you get yeah kind of but also i I feel like a lot of what bear says where she's like they're separating themselves from the grown-ups that have ruined the world Mm -hmm. and it's because of the hybrids that are you know bringing things back that they're like well we're not hybrids but like we can at least embody animals and nature in a way that is also because they're teenagers, like which is also kind of badass, and we look we look cool, and so that's <laughs> yeah. why we do it. Also, you know, like I think, and so it is a cool little system of like when anybody joins, they pick their favorite animal, they draw it on the board, they kind of pick who they are, and mm-hmm. then they create a persona, a costume, whatever for it. So I think that's kind of cool, but uh, but yeah, I think it's I don't know if it's necessarily like oh we wish we were hybrids, but it is kind of like. I wouldn't say they like worship them, but yeah, but you said like, they're like on a pedestal of like, this is the next step in evolution of the earth and we welcome it. And so we kind of want to be on that side. That makes sense. That makes sense. Um, so yeah, just, just an interesting group, um, that we were introduced to in their lifestyle growing up with, you know, they're all without parents and, um, you know, definitely had like a Lord of the flies thing kind of happening there. Mm-hmm. And I liked the, um, you know, Gus's experience there, you know, he's, I feel like he's grown a little bit um, since we met him and he's learned from his experience at the market where he's Mm -hmm. questioning a little bit more and he's a little bit more cautious, I think, than what he was, you know, he's smart, um, you know, but he's also, I think, learned from his experience. So I thought that was good too. I'm like, oh, so there's some there's been some character development there in Gus and you can see how he's kind of changed yeah. a little bit from you know um when when we first met him so i liked that mm-hmm. that too so i don't know animal army i'm going to talk a little bit more about them too what we saw um but i just thought you know kind of oh, mentioning yeah. the introduction there <laughs> yeah i've got more more to yep. say so um what is your number 4 my number 4 is a quick one that kind of ties into that a little bit with the introduction of the the base, the hideout, the arcade, mm-hmm. whatever it is. It was just like a little quick point, but I just had so much fun with it. So I called it King Gus. Yeah. Because, uh, yeah, from, from now on, like for the rest of the time, Gus is king. Uh, and then he's got his like Burger King <laughs> crown on and <laughs> his big gulp. And <laughs> like, <laughs> I just, 
I love that whole scene. It was just adorable and it was great just to be able to, like you said, it is kind of a sensory overload for Gus, but like he doesn't seem overwhelmed. Mm -hmm. Like he's very curious and he's excited to learn more new things and see new, you know, experience new things and new people, new ideas. Mm -hmm. Yeah. The the random dude with the big tub of sour gummies. I was like, I am right there with you, dude. Those are easily the best. Yeah. Uh, That's my favorite candy by far. Sour gummies. Hell yeah. Sour gummy worms. I, I have to like, be careful not to buy like the big bags of them because then I will still eat them in like a day and be like, why do I do this to myself? I know. I don't like the, uh, I don't like the worms because I have a a thing. I have an aversion Uh to worms, but I do love sour gummies. Give me those like Mm. sour Sour patch kids. Yeah. Time. Yeah. Please. So good. Yeah. Or like Gus says, they taste like lightning. I like that. Um. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. He's so cute. But yeah, the, uh, I had the note about the my friend Rusty line, which I was like, aw. But then uh, I think my favorite, my uh, this week's too adorable to handle moment was Gus in the bumper cars. Uh, oh, yeah. <laughs> I've got what? Because she's like giving him this like serious thing. And she's like, but I have one question to ask you. And he's like waiting for this serious thing. He's like, do you know how to drive? Uh, which is just really funny. And it just transitions right into him swerving around in the bumper cars and just the smile on his face and the gleam in his eyes. I was like, okay, yep. This is this week's too cute to handle. I can't, I can't do this. <laughs> it was awesome. And you just see him experiencing, yeah, the, the video games and you know, what's the shiny boxes. You've never seen computers. No, just show me everything. He's just very interested and wants to see things. And they even have like the projectors and the TV screens and everything going on. Uh, the, the Looney Tunes, I was like, oh yeah, this is a WB show. They gotta, you know, make use of some of the Looney Tunes footage while they have the rights to it. Um, yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, so that, yeah. it's a quick point, but I was just like, I just loved all of those little things of just yeah seeing him experiencing just like kid fun from right. the like days of normal, like the the old days before you know pre pandemic and all those kind of things, like kids today in our real world, like the things that are just fun and carefree, and him getting to see that. Yeah, I love that. I think that getting to see how excited he was getting um, by seeing or experiencing something for the first time. Mm-hmm. You know, it's it's always fun to see a little kid who maybe hasn't been introduced to either an experience or a place and to see they're they're like, wow, you know, and, and it's might be something that we see every day and take for granted. So to see it through Mm -hmm. a child's eyes for the first time or someone, even someone maybe who's an adult um, experiencing something for the first time and that excitement and that joy. And it's just like, Oh, that's refreshing, you know? So getting to see him experience all those things, you know, that we're just Mm -hmm. like, Oh yeah, it's just bumper cars. But you know, to someone who's never been in bumper cars, you know, yeah. so th- it was great. Yeah, it was cool to see him, you know, kind of forget a little bit about the weight of of what he's, you know, doing, you know, le- leaving his home and he's on this journey and going into the unknown and he's being hunted and people, you know, dislike his his kind and stuff. Um, he gets to kind of just forget about that for a little bit and just like be mm-hmm. a kid. So that was cool. I like that. I hope he gets more moments like that. Mm hmm. Good number four. Um, my number four, I want to talk about Bear 
for a little bit. So she's this leader of the animal army and it seems like they all follow her pretty well because I guess they've had, they, or they haven't really had a reason to not follow her. Um, so, and I really wish that I had kind of got to meet her before she met Gus um, because to me, mm-hmm. she didn't really come across as like a cold blooded killer. Um, you know, yeah. while I think she's a smart leader, I don't, you know, I didn't buy the fact that she's just, would just up and kill someone out of cold blood. So I don't know how much I bought that, but I do think she yeah. is a smart leader. I think that she was smart to recognize, you know, that Gus was different, you know, than other hybrids. She took in the fact that there were different circumstances than other times that they've come into this situation. And she was able to make those decisions or her decisions in this episode based on those changes. Um, And because she also, because Gus could communicate, she took his feelings into account um, and factored you know, his, what, what Gus wanted into her decisions as well. So I think that she was a smart leader that she was able to think about those things. And she was, you know, she would ask him questions and kind of take all that into, into into consideration. So I think she was a smart leader. Don't think she was um, as cold um, and calculated as what she would have had us thought to believe in the beginning, but maybe I'm just missing that. Um, So yeah, I didn't feel she was much of a threat, but what, what were your thoughts about bear? Yeah. I, I like her a lot um, due to, you know, how events transpire in this episode. I feel like, you know, she's kind of tagging along with Jeff and Gus and she'll be kind of our smaller little group. She'll be part of that. And so I feel like we will get to see more of her and build that character more, which I'm excited about because we get yeah, these tiny little glimpses of her as like a little girl and it made me mm-hmm. really curious, but then also hopeful that we'll get to see more of who she is because I do like her a lot. Mm-hmm. I think she's a very interesting character who who could have a really interesting backstory and could you know play a very pivotal role in things to come. I I am thinking, and I don't know, um, but I'm thinking we probably haven't seen the last of her because um, they they really made a point to kind of go to the trouble of showing a little bit um, before I guess everything happened. Like mm-hmm. when she was really little, like trying to give her, you know, some background and history and yeah. why would they bother to do that if she was only going to be in one episode? Yeah. So I feel like they were trying to kind of build her as a character um, and, and give us a little bit more. So I have a feeling she'll probably be back. We'll probably see her um, again. Yeah. I think she's interesting. So I hope so. All right. What about your number three? <clears throat> All right. My number three is uh, more thoughts of bear, but specifically uh, bear versus tiger. Um, oh, yes. It's my, my point here. Uh, we see, cause I, you know, bear is very much, she started the animal army army. She founded it. She created it. Mm-hmm. She is the leader. Absolutely. But we even see right from the beginning of the episode, because we pick up the same scene we got last week, but more from the Animal Army's perspective. Mm -hmm. And we already see this little bit of strife and tension between, I guess Tiger is kind of like her second in command, but she's starting to doubt. I think she's really the only one who's having some doubts about the leadership of Bear for whatever reason. Yeah. Or maybe I also picked up she could just kind of be a little power hungry and want it for herself. 
I don't know if that also is what was going on, but there's this, cause that moment she's like, you know, make the call and bears like, I'll make the call when I'm ready to make the call. Don't tell me what to do. Yeah. You know, she's trying to put her in her place a little bit. And they, you, we see them kind of at each other lightly through things like while Gus is in the bumper car and they're talking is like, you know, why is he still alive? Talking about Jep. And it's just like, because I haven't given the order to kill him yet. I'm still putting things together. I'm still thinking. Mm-hmm. And Tiger's getting frustrated with her being like, you know, kind of in this way of like, you've lost sight of what you're started. And I actually know better than you now. And I see her kind of getting power hungry. That's kind of the way I, I feel. So through everything that happens and, and bear choosing to do right by Gus and spare Jeopard's life. It's a great arc for bear, but then it really pits her against tiger where Tiger's not having it and yells, you know, this is bullshit. This is what we do. And you've been brainwashed and you're not a leader anymore. So I'll take over. And she does the whole, you know, holding her skull thing up and people don't know who to follow. It's become this little animal army civil war mm-hmm. for a little bit. Uh, and it seems like more people turn on bear and kind of cast her out. And more people are following tiger though there's still people kind of fighting over it so we don't know where people will land yeah at the end so maybe some of the other kids will defect and end up helping bear down the road again later on but we see this split or divide but the reason i'm i'm hard on tiger is i don't know because i feel like she's just stepping in to take power but then also the actual tiger daisy the tiger oh yeah that bothered me because i was like well, isn't that some hypocritical bullshit? She, uh, right Thank after going, you. animals forever. Thank you. And then you immediately open up a shipping container where you've trapped and restrained a tiger with chains pretty much abusing it. Mm-hmm. It's like, well, what happened for your like love for animals when you're clearly mistreating this tiger and having it locked up in this shipping container and using it for your own whims? That's, yeah, okay. Um <laughs> Yep. I had serious issue with that. Serious <laughs> issue with that, as I'm sure many, many people did. And it kind of took me out of it a little bit because, yeah, like you said, they're, you know, yelling animals forever. And they seem to really be um, kind of of the belief of protecting Earth and protecting Earth's creatures and, you know, and preserving that. But yet they have the tiger in the shipping crate. And it seems to, you know, I mean, it was terrible CGI for one, but even just (laughs) putting that aside, it looked like it was in horrible condition and maybe it was just a CGI, but it just looked like it. But I'm like, well, how, how well can an animal thrive being in a shipping container? I don't know if that is something that they always kept it in or if it was just for this like special event uh, execution that was supposed to have taken place. Um, yeah. or not, but to me it was terrible and I didn't like it. And I was that when I was talking earlier at the top, before we started talking about our top five, you know, about my issue with the episode, this was something that really kind of took me out of it and was just like, okay, I have issues. So yeah, yeah I'm glad you brought that up. <laughs> <laughs> so I just, I look at it as like, okay, so is this group? Like what is really, cause I don't know. What I feel better about? about bear, but I mean, but she would have also been, she knew about the tiger. Exactly. I mean, she's also, you know, complacent in that. So, but we did get a cool scene out of it. It was the fact that seeing that Gus's animal connection abilities go further than just that deer we saw in episode two, like he, him stepping up and 
telling the tiger to back down basically and it just does mm-hmm. and it was a little surprising to me that after gus does that that more of the animal army don't immediately like follow gus and i thought that was kind of what like, was gonna happen and bear and be like oh well obviously this is the right side to be on because he actually has these connection to animals which is what we pre- have at least said that we we're all about this whole time Exactly. But still, instead, like most of them, still seem to side with this like backstabbing tiger girl uh, character, which I'm just kind of rough on her because, like, in my notes, it said backstabber. I was like, her, it's like her costume honestly looks more like a snake than a tiger, which is also fitting. Um, <laughs> yes, you but, were right. But yeah, so I do hope that this situation does, if we see any of the animal army again. I feel like we'll definitely see more bear, but I don't know if we'll see any of the others. But if we do, hopefully it's because they've defected from Tiger and are on a better path and kind of realizing that maybe they don't have the best interests in mind in that group. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I Like I said, I'm still, I think, kind of processing. I mean, I watched the episode um, last week after, for the first time after um, mm-hmm. we recorded and I was like, I don't know how I feel about this and still wasn't sure how I landed on it after the second viewing as well. So I don't mm-hmm. know, but I mean, I was trying to, I was like, well, they're teenagers. How do we expect a bunch of like teenagers with no parents in this world that we're living in to, to, um, to exist and their thought processes. So um, I don't know. Yeah, it kind of took me out of it a little bit, so I'm hoping um, hoping for a stronger next episode. Anyway, um, at least for that, it kind of hurt a little bit. Um, mm-hmm. Well, what about... Let's see, my number three was actually about Nancy, and I, I mean, I've, I've talked her out, so um, let's go ahead and <laughs> jump into your number two. All right, my number two, which maybe be might be one of yours as well. Okay. Uh, it's a whole different storyline we haven't talked about yet, but it's uh, Amy and Pigtail. It is my number it. two. It's uh, my number two as well. So yeah, go ahead and, nice, and kick nice. it off. Yeah, so here's where the timeline, I feel like it was kind of worked out a little bit, but then also by the end of the episode, I was like, I still don't know where we are. I know. Because we do find out, realize where that when Pigtail, as she's calling her, was dropped off as a baby there that was pretty early on because she is older, like like Gus's age almost. Yeah. It seems like so we don't know how early was that. Is she another like kind of interesting situation or was it or is she, she a little younger? Too. I'm not sure. Yeah. She's which, smart and mm-hmm. which I see, I mean she's Amy's been raising her as her daughter there, so it's kind of a similar situation between Gus and Pubba where she's being raised as a like normal child Mm -hmm. who has a parent who's teaching her things. And so at least she, you know, she has that, but I love her like keen sense of smell as well. It's just these like animal things that were adorable. I'm just like with these freaking cute hybrid kids. This show. (laughs) Yeah. She was adorable. Mm hmm. Yeah, they go. They leave the zoo. They go out, do their supply runs, and I guess last men still do patrol from time to time, so mm-hmm. they do have to be careful. But that's really the only like 
tension we see them in in this episode, which is I'm glad that we don't have too much of that right now. And a lot of their story just focused on like scenes of like normal life between them as mother daughter. Yeah, it was and sweet. that was just adorable, and I loved it. I needed that. Yeah, it was <laughs> it nice was to, to see, see their relationship together. They're cooking. You know, I thought that was a nice scene between them. Um, just kind of seemed really normal. Um, yeah, and really sweet. And then uh, Pigtail was uh, hiding a secret little friend. Don't know how long he had been there, but. We get these little hints throughout the episode, you know, oh, my carrots are going missing. Do you know anything about that? Mm-hmm. And you see her kind of running off and feeding something, someone. Uh, and then at night while they're sleeping, Bobby accidentally triggers like makeshift, some makeshift alert system or something. And sure does. Which I thought was interesting, you know, having the kid come with her instead of, cause you're used to like seeing something like stay right here and I'll be back and check it out. But instead you're like, get out of bed and come with me. And I was thinking about it and like, that's actually probably a much better way because that way you're not leaving her defenseless up in the bed somewhere. Like at least she's there with you always. And so if something happens, you can be directly there to defend. Exactly. And it was just one of those things you don't think about too much. I was like, actually, it's a smarter idea to be like, come with me as we, as we go check it out. Yeah. I, I, I would, I feel like I would do the same if I was in that kind of situation, I would want my kid to know exactly like I'd want to know where she's at at all times. And even though yeah. I feel like it can be a tricky situation either way, if you leave them behind and someone actually was invading or coming into your space, that's a risk because you're not there to watch them. And at the same time, you could be walking into danger and then there's your kid right there with you. So yeah, I see it both ways, but I would want to have eyeballs on my kid the entire time. I wouldn't trust anyone mm-hmm. or, you know, um, and considering the threat of, of the last men and, um, you know, how they do hunt hybrid children, you know, which I, I think is kind of interesting yeah. because it seems like no one bothers her there. Like they are pretty much alone. Like they're able to go out on their little shopping excursions. Um, yeah. So is it like either like people well, and probably combination maybe, but, you know, people died. A lot of people died in, in the pandemic mm-hmm. and when the sick came. Um, but also whoever was left, would, did they just flee the city? I wonder, like everybody Possibly. just left. And I know she kind of huddled herself in her office and, you know, until it was kind of what she felt, I guess, safe to come out when it was started, when it really started to change. Um, so like everybody else that was left just scattered. Did they not want to be in the city? I wonder. Yeah, I guess not. I think, I mean, it makes sense depending on what, you know, how many, you know, how much of the population was actually taken out or affected by this. But yeah, because we don't know. Yeah, I guess you would think like cities are where you just assume like, oh, that's where people are and you don't want to be around people in a pandemic like this. It's true. So you head out. So maybe people all left pretty early and then just never came back, found their own places set up elsewhere. Yeah. But, uh, and then she's got a good system. Amy does of, I mean, we see whenever they go back after that little, you know, almost run in with that last man where from the outside, I mean, the place looks completely abandoned. Right. You can't tell anybody's living there. Mm-hmm. So that's smart. But, uh, but yeah, back to this moment where there's an intruder <laughs> and they, they see it kind of climbing through the, the, the branches and she's about to like, you know, she's pointing the gun. And then we get that, you know, moment where she's like, no, 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 it's my friend. He's helping me out. I am Bobby. Uh, <laughs> it's an interesting hybrid because most of the hybrids we've seen are mostly human with some animal features. And this one's like 
mostly animal with a few human features. <laughs> I was having trouble making out the human features other than he can stand upright and that he can speak. Right. And I'm like, wait a minute. That's about it. Yeah. What is happening? He's got little tiny little tennis shoes on. That's about it. <laughs> <laughs> And I think that was kind of hard, too, because I'm like, what am I watching? I don't know. Right. I mean, I get it. Gus is a little hybrid kid, and he's got antlers and ears, and he has animal senses. Um, and, and we meet Pigtail, and she's a lot like Gus. But then we've got Bobby, and I'm like, <laughs> what happened? I don't. <laughs> understand um, am bobby <laughs> just just bobby am what bobby am <laughs> don't know what was happening um <laughs> i don't know how i feel about that yet i'm still processing. I'm, I'm interested to see more about bobby <laughs> but yeah but but through that that's again where the timeline gets a little wonky yeah because it was because of bobby then being there and them taking him in that leads Amy to start the preserve. Yep. But we saw flyers for the preserve that were dropped by, I don't know who's dropping them, but like while Gus and Pubba were still out in the woods. And so then is Pigtail older than Gus? And is this like, now it's making me wonder where the timeline fits with things. Cause it seemed like the preserve was already running while Gus was younger. So I'm not sure. You're right. Sorry, I was just sitting there thinking about that, and so I got really quiet. Um, <laughs> yeah, the timeline is really confusing. Um, but it is cool to see, because is that who Abbott was talking about? Her as in Amy? Or her someone else? Yeah, I I wonder about that, because, you know, last week he said, you know, we found her, her, her. And then Abbott is looking at that, like, flyer for the preserve so that's what i'm led to believe right now yeah yeah probably um i don't know i thought all that was really interesting and good to kind of figure out what they were talking about as far as like the the sanctuary and what that meant and i don't know um it's interesting though that she's like if she stayed there that um she's able to keep it quiet for that long with yeah. there still being some type of patrols happening every now and again. Um, so I yeah. don't know. There's like a radio network that like people are communicating through, mm-hmm. but you figure it wouldn't be too hard for last men to find those signals and get on there. Yeah. I don't know. I, I'm interested to see um, what happens next. Cause I don't know. I just, I have thoughts, but I don't have any conclusions. So I don't know. Yeah. I still can't. Hopefully get all body. will be revealed. In time. <laughs> I hope so. I hope so. That was a good number two. That was also my number two. Um, so what is your number one? All right. My number one is something we've kind of bounced around a little bit, but I haven't talked about it directly. Okay. And it's just saving Jep and the things that Gus has kind of gone through and the, the conversations he has. Um, it's thanks to Gus right there at the beginning, you know, that he jumps in and is hugging on Jep that they spare him and take them both back to the base. Yeah. <clears throat> and then because of that, the the simple fact that Gus protected him is why they keep him alive at all. Mm-hmm. 
even though it seems to be a very major mission point for the army that they take out any last man pretty much immediately. That's like, you know, enemy number one, take them out, you know, yeah, <laughs> no thoughts about it. But then it struck bear that it was like, we've never seen a hybrid standing up for him, protecting their poacher. You mm-hmm. know why there's something different going on and we need to figure it out. And so Bear has those moments alone with Gus, talking with him, and she's trying to to piece things together. And also, she's kind of planning doubts in Gus's head, but I don't blame her for it. I don't feel like she's a villain in that way. Yeah, I don't either. Because based on her own experiences, she has every perfectly good reason to not trust Jeopard. She doesn't know him the way that Gus knows him, or even we as the viewer have grown to know him and see who he is. Mm-hmm. All she knows is that's a last man and he has a hybrid with him. Yep. So even though this hybrid seems to like him for some reason, based off of everything that we know to be true, this isn't good. And she knows that um, him sending Gus solo on the train was a bad idea. She also saw that. Uh, yeah, for sure. So she doesn't really trust his motives, which again, like I said, perfectly understandable. Well, and, and they're have, right to be questioned. I mean, he has said yeah. himself he was going to be abandoning him. You know, he yeah. he didn't want to take him with him when he first discovered him um, at their sanctuary there in the woods. He just was like, oh, well, good luck to you, kid. I'm out of here. Um, and then he yeah. was going to abandon him uh, at the lodge uh, and then abandon him to go on the train on his own. So, yeah. I mean, and then he's he not after that wrong the- to question him. <laughs> yeah. And the army even like get them is like, you know, he tells the army kids who's like, well, good luck with that. I've been trying to get rid of him and I can't. But yeah, <laughs> yeah uh, she has a line. She says, you know, sometimes I, you know, she's talking about when she was alone as a kid, because sometimes I'd get so excited just to see another person that I'd forget that they could be bad. And mm-hmm. I was like, dang, that hits that hard. Hits like, Gus has had that same issue. Like he's and I think so. She's like, you know, uh really relating to Gus in that moment, but also she's using that story and that thought to suggest that Jeopard might not be Gus's friend. Yeah. Being like, you know, maybe it's cause you've just, you know, been alone for so long and the first person who's shown you any kindness, you're just glomming on to him. But maybe he doesn't have your best interests at heart. I mean, it makes sense, you know? Yeah. Yeah. And I, I you know, we've seen a better side of, of Jep than bear has. Mm-hmm. So, we tend to be more on the side of Gus being like, Oh, but you know, you don't know this and you don't know that. And he has done this and that. And, uh, (laughs) Jep's not helping himself though. The, the line, let me go. And I might let some of you live when I get free. I was like, man, this guy is just the king of bad plans and ideas, right? Yeah. (laughs) That's not not a very convincing line to get him to let you go. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, I liked but, I liked when Gus stood up for for Jeopard, even yeah. knowing what he had done, and I I was glad that you know I I kind of appreciated what Bear was trying to do uh, because I think Gus did deserve to know the truth, you know mm-hmm. about about Jeopard um, and who he had been, but Gus, like you said, has been spending time with with Jeopard. He's gotten to know him. And I think even though he felt kind of hurt that Jep was going to abandon him, he still saw mm-hmm. him as a friend 
and wanted him around like he did, you know, like jumping in front of them so that they didn't execute him. And then when he got in front of them again or got in front of him again, whenever they opened the tiger um, cage, you know, um, you know, he's he's not Gus is naive, but he's not dumb. You know, and I think he knows that Jeopard isn't the same person that he once was. And, you know, he's willing to risk himself to protect Jeopard and stand up for him because he knows that that's the right thing to do. Um, Yeah. So, but I was glad that Bear made him tell the truth and and be honest. And so at Mm -hmm. least Gus knows and he can, you know, despite that, still made the decision that he did um, because he feels like he knows who he is. Yeah, so like I said, yeah, I don't hold anything against Bear on that because she did. Like I said, you, she straight up reads all of his mail right in front of him. Uh, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> just calls him out directly with some really good points. Yeah, and she had some good points. Yeah, it's it is important stuff. But then Gus, yeah, just being so dang sweet that he is, like he doesn't care. He knows who Jeff is now, not then, and so that's what matters to him is what mm-hmm. he knows and the person that he knows now. And I love how he's telling all the good things that Jeff has done. Well, you know, but he, you know, he'd wake me up when I'm having bad dreams and he always made sure to, to find treats that I liked. And he was always helping me with this. And I love the line. He says he might not be very good at it, but at least he tried. (laughs) I was like, that's pretty spot on. Um, It is so cute. (laughs) He's so Mm -hmm. cute. Um, yeah, I like that. That was actually, um, my, my number one. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> so we were right on. It, and that was your number two? That was my number your one. Your number one. Okay. Sorry. I got. Yeah. And it was mine, but I think I got confused there for a second because mm-hmm. we got caught up in conversation. Um, <laughs> yeah. I, I like that. Um, and I'm <sighs> interested to see if Bear joins up with them down the road as they continue on in their journey, where they go on in their journey, and if we get some more information on the timeline a little bit. Um, yeah. And want to see if Annie gets uh, some of his secret sauce because he called for it. Mm. He sent up a flare yeah. for it. And uh, you can see him starting to bend a little bit. Um, yeah. So I, I'm interested to see you know, with everything that we got, we've got all these intersecting storylines. They all have something to do with each other. I feel like they're all going to start like converging. Like they're all kind of running, you know, together here. Um, and they're going to start mm-hmm. like merging together a little bit. I feel like is now that we're getting into this back yeah. half, I'm interested to see ha- how that plays out moving forward. So, mm-hmm. eh. um, do you have any notes? Yeah, I've got a few extra notes. Right. Uh, see some of the stuff mainly like two like extra points that like i <laughs> didn't make the top five mm-hmm. but then i have extra notes about the animal army stuff and then yeah dr singh himself uh but the animal army stuff that we didn't cover when I mean, we just talked about some of their like their awesome base it's this colorful arcade entertainment hub i guess it was like a ropes course that they were using as like their little ceremony ground which was really cool yeah uh <laughs> But uh, one thing that I noticed is they must be more connected than we think they are, at least have some kind of resources. Mm-hmm. Uh, because when Gus gives Bear the picture of his mom and says, you know, this is Birdie, do you know? She says, well, I don't know anything. But then she hands it off to one of the other guys and was like, Birdie in Colorado, find out what you know. 
Yeah. It's like, well, hmm. <laughs> well, obviously they have some kind of resources to be able to, to track down people or see what they have on people. So exactly. Like I was uh, intrigued by that. Like, do they have internet? Right. You know, or what kind of hub of information gathering ways do they have now? Um, and something that was pointed out, I know we were talking, I guess it was last episode about, you know, how is it that they have some of these things, some of these resources and, you know, like electricity or, you know, trains and things like that. And one thing that was pointed out by one of our listeners, um, Mofavo, who is a longtime contributor um, to the show, um, mm-hmm. mentioned, you know, something to think about is, you know, at least in part of this timeline, I don't know where we are in the timeline, but at least, you know, in one of the timelines, if not both, we're about 10 years out, right? So if, if you know, the pandemic happens and half the population gets taken out, there's been time to build some yeah. of the resources back up. Um, I think she mm-hmm. pointed out, um, was it, maybe it wasn't Amy, one of the locations they were close to, um, um, shoot, I don't know if it was like a dam, but where they're able to like generate the water, you know, yeah. for power. And I mean, and trains, you know, um, I feel like can, can run on antiquated. You don't really need like electricity for trains. Um, yeah. so I thought, yep, you know what? That's a good point. So it kind of helped me not hang on to it too much about like, how do they have all of these things? It's not like it just happened yesterday. They've had time to kind of gather the resources and take time to build some of these things back up. So, um, so, but I am curious about that. How do they, what is their communication or their research gathering that there, is it like an internet or something? How are they able to look up birdie in Colorado? You know, right. <laughs> Google, Google search, you know, right. hey Alexa, you know, <laughs> anyway. Yeah. So that was, it was interesting. Yeah. And then the stuff with Singh, which you mentioned a little bit about the secret sauce and stuff is, you know, He's having full-blown nightmares about what he might end up having to do with experiments with hybrids and things like that. And then, I don't know, I feel like there's people that are really hating on Ronnie, and I kind of get it. Because it seems like she's really not bothered by what he might have to do. The only thing that she's upset by is how it is affecting her husband. But, like, the actual acts that he might have to do, like, don't really bother her that much. Yeah. Is what I gather from it. Well, yeah, I know I talked about that last episode, and I'm still having issue with her. Um, mm-hmm. She, yeah, you're right. She does seem, seem concerned about how it's affecting him, but doesn't seem to have much concern over, you know, the the what it actually takes, you mm-hmm. know, for for it to happen, and doesn't seem to care for the lives of the hybrids. Um, so I don't know. Like I said, I can see him bending to protect his wife he's seeing how far it's coming now i mean first it's nancy once one person starts to become suspicious even though nancy's out of the picture now um Mm -hmm. how long till the next one you know how long can they keep it a secret and how long if he's unable of whatever version of the medicine if it's not as effective how much longer can they continue to hide it before someone else becomes suspicious you know so now he's getting to the point where so he's you know, yeah. he's got to use the real stuff, you know, to, um, he's, he's starting to feel desperate. Yeah. So, yeah, that's where we get this, you know, the samples from the living hybrid are, are this secret sauce Ugh. for the possible cure title of the, never mind. I'll let 
Steve handle that. Yeah, when he Steve gets will to it. get the mic oh, no. for a moment. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no. <laughs> but yeah, and the, the different flares for different color, like there are different colors, the different flares that are shipments for different things mm-hmm. that you need. I thought that was really interesting because like one was for syringes and one for surgical blades, like most basic things. And then one was just labeled secret sauce, like <laughs> for when you need a living hybrid, send it up and someone will bring you one. Like, and that's the one that he launches off. And I think immediately he kind of hates himself for mm-hmm. it, but that desperation sinking in. Yeah. Like you're talking about. And, it's getting to that place. Yeah. yeah. Um, well, I didn't have any notes um, and we've talked about everything. I think that um, I had on my list. Did you have any musical notes? I do. Sweet. Got the songs of the episode. Yeah. Let's talk about um, some interesting ones. There's always a bunch that I'm just like, I have no idea what any of this is, but it's interesting. <laughs> and then there's always, every episode has had at least like one song. And I'm like, but I know that song and I really like it. So they've been really good about like nailing some of the really good, like indie songs. And I'm like, Oh, I love that yeah, one. Yeah, They have, but, uh, Yes, the ones for this episode is uh, Hey There, Cowgirl by Palm Springsteen, uh, which is when Gus is meeting the animal army and they just like when he f- talks and they all just like, oh, my God, and they like just freak out and then love him. But then that cuts into uh, Reigns by Idols, I-D-L-E-S, which is kind of the King Gus candy and video games oh, yeah. montage. And then there's a song called Come Closer by Boy Harsher, which was the bumper car scene. It's a lot of just upbeat music with a lot of these scenes. We get uh, We're All Young Together by Walter Martin featuring Alec Ounsworth, which is when Amy and Pigtail are cooking and eating together and just having their life. And then the episode ends with Got It In You, the acoustic version by Banners, which is the song that I do know and has been on playlists and stuff that I just, I love Banners so much. Oh, good. So it's a song that I love by an artist that I really enjoy. And that, yeah, that ending montage where Gus and Jep are escaping and leaving the animal army and Amy's starting the preserve. We get that little closing thing before. <laughs> That's cool. It must be really cool for you because you actually know some of the bands with some of the songs, you know. Um, yeah. You know, before they even before you even hear them in the show, so that must be mm-hmm. fun for you. I'm I'm a lot of these are really really new to me, but I'm in, I'm enjoying a lot of them. You know, I'm like, oh, that's a that's a good fitting song, or that I like that. So, um, but it must be really fun for you to already kind of be a fan of that music or band. Um, yeah, when you're watching, so it starts up. I'm like, oh. Ooh, banners. Nice. Yeah. That's cool. That's a good feeling. Good. Well, that that I think is a good place um, to end the conversation with the musical notes. Um, mm-hmm. Let's jump into our listener feedback. Um, got Always get great feedback. I can't wait to hear what um, folks have to say. So uh, the first one that we have is from Dawn Elizabeth. She says, Wow. This show has my emotions all over the place. I watch shows like The Walking Dead, American Horror Story, Game of Thrones, but this show has me so anxious the whole time I'm watching it. Is Gus going to be okay? How about Big Man? What about Amy and her daughter? And the doctor and his wife? Yikes. Gus was so adorable playing bumper cars with that big smile on his face. Then he's putting himself between Big Man and the kids who want to kill him. And the tiger. I guess talking the tiger down is one of his secret skills. 
I was sure the doctor was going to have to kill Nancy and then whack, that horse kick came out of nowhere. <laughs> I have this idea that uh, maybe way out there, but here goes. That horse seemed pretty calm. When the doctor set off the flare, and what was that about? I may have missed something. I noticed that the horse didn't spook. Do you think it understood that Nancy was going to turn them in and took care of the situation itself? Uh, that creature, Bobby, seems to be sentient. Many animals are changing, too. I'm very curious as to what you and Pink think, Rima. Sorry, I'm all over the place. The show has really sucked me in. Well, that's good to hear. <laughs> um, yeah. I don't know. I don't know if the horse had some sort of sense of disturbance or something and, and decided, you know what, I'm going to do you all a favor and I'll take Nancy out for you <laughs> so you don't have to. Um, I don't know. Um, I think that it was just an easy way to put Nancy in that position. And again, not, you know, you don't think about the horse being there. Like you kind of forget that it's yeah. there until she walks up behind <laughs> it and gets kicked. So I think it just kind of happened to be, you know, an opportunity there. Um, yeah. And when the doctor set off the flare, is it the one for the secret sauce? Is that what, was that yeah. the only time we set off a flare? Um, mm -hmm. So, yeah. And I still, I don't know what to think about Bobby. <laughs> I'm still um, on the fence. I don't this know. Be a, the, the game we'll play in the next couple of weeks. Bobby, watch. Where's Rima on, <laughs> yeah. on with him right now? I don't know. We'll see. We'll see. I mean, and I'm an animal person and all, but it's just it was just kind of very strange to me. I don't know why I had yeah. just these weird feelings about. I don't know. I can't explain it I, right now. I'm just I can't articulate it. More to come. We'll see if I get there. But anyway, um, thank you, Don. Appreciate your writing in. I'm glad that you're enjoying the show. I'm glad you're sucked in. It's great. All right. This next one comes from Lindsay Schlicht. She says, while I did enjoy the episode overall, with some there were some significant facepalm moments that were a little rough for me. That CGI tiger makes Shiva look like an artistic <laughs> masterpiece. <laughs> True. <laughs> the horse that conveniently killed the neighborhood Karen for the doctor and his wife. And worst of all, Bobby. Oh, wow. If Bobby's creepy Muppet groundhog ass had been in the first episode, I probably would have checked out right then and not the type of show for me. <laughs> <laughs> Rima, you're not alone. <laughs> me and Lindsay, we are of the same mind a lot of times. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I'm invested now, so I'll stick it out. And I know he's supposed to be cute, but I do not like Bobby. Gus and Pigtail, is that her real name? Are cute with their animal characteristics, but Bobby is just so corny to me. All in all, I'm still on board. This episode just felt like it was aimed at a much younger audience than the first three episodes. I feel that. Um, mm. I don't know that Pigtail's her real name, but I feel like it's like a nickname. I think it's like a little, yeah. She wears her hair yeah, in pigtails. Mm -hmm. um, that's how I took it anyway. I think it's just a little, a, a cute, like little pet name for her. Yeah. That, oh, I think only Amy could get away with. Maybe. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> Yeah, I think it's a nickname. I know I've got a nickname for my kiddo um, that I always mm -hmm. call her, and people just kind of look at me like, what? Um, but <laughs> that's for us. Well, I'm I'm glad you're still with us, Lindsay. Um, we'll yeah. see how the, the second half here goes. Thank you for writing in. Uh, we have um, also some feedback from Maria Lawson. She says, I'm still a little confused about the timeline. Is the stuff with Amy and Pigtail sending out radio signals supposed to be current or in the past? Is Amy maybe the her they are looking for because she's running the sanctuary we have seen flyers for? Or was that the Animal Army kids doing that? 
I do think the doctor's wife is probably responsible for the current outbreak um, of the <laughs> sick where they are living, and I'm liking her less and less each week. <laughs> I, wonder, <laughs> I wonder how long they will be able to hide nosy Nancy or her body. Not sure if she's dead um, before they get found out. Um, I, I do think, well, we talked about yeah. that. I do think that uh, Amy is the one running the sanctuary that we saw mm-hmm. the flyers for. I've got a good hunch anyway. I do believe yeah. uh, Ronnie is responsible for the current outbreak. Although I did see more speculation about that. Um, they were taught and, and sorry, who was it? Who was that? <sighs> Shoot. I'd have to go look it up. Uh, someone on our discord um, had mentioned mm-hmm. that, was it possible that Doug could have like, remember he brought up the pecans, like where'd you get the pecans? Mm-hmm. Um, that he could have got it somewhere from some from questionable means or something. And that is yeah. what made him sick. Um, so I don't know. I guess that's always a possibility. I'm open to that possibility, but mm-hmm. I'm still mad at Ronnie. Just <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> and if no, if for nothing else, then disregard that she could potentially be causing others to be sick. Um, but just the fact that she's willing to push her husband, you know, to, to go to these means uh, to, to get this yeah. medicine or cure for her. Um, but yeah. like, I, tr- I, I don't want to be too like hard on somebody, but like, I don't know. It's just the way that she says it. Like, I hate that you have to do this for me. Like, it just didn't (laughs) feel so genuine as far as like, she's actually bothered. Like she hates that it makes him feel, you know, upset and, you know, but it's kind of a manipulation in a way. And I hope that she's not that devious, but like, it's kind of what it reads across is her just being like, well, I hate that you have to do this, but the underlining meaning is there, but you have to do this. Right. Yeah, exactly. That makes me feel really icky. But I mean, at the same time, if he really does come up with a cure for the sick, I mean, that benefits everyone, Mm -hmm. right? So it's not just his wife that benefits, but I mean, in the meantime, trying to hide the fact that she's sick and could potentially be contagious and making others sick if she, you know, goes out to those parties or has people over um, Mm -hmm. and interacting that she could be making other people sick and doesn't seem to care that that's what she's doing. If that's what she's doing. I know that there's some speculation on if she, if she really is the one responsible or not, but um, if she is, then I don't like that. So I don't know. She's not coming across really well. I'm just going to say that she's not coming across really well. Um, Thanks Maria. Really great questions. Um, We have some of the same. Hopefully we'll get some more answers. Yeah. Okay. Uh, So we did get a voice message this week from our good friend, Steve. Let's see what he has to say. Hey, Pagan Rima. I forgot who I was talking to for a second. It's Steve. This is for Sweet Tooth Secret Sauce. I just started it, and I guess we're going to get to see this attack again. (laughs) Good luck with that. I've been trying to get rid of him for days. Did she just call her pigtail? Kind of on the nose, Mom. Come on, Amy. (laughs) I didn't mean to do that on the nose. And she just said she smelled something. I totally, yeah, didn't even mean it. It's like a bumper car drive-in. That all may be true, Bear. But he's not with them anymore, and he's against them now. So, and he's helping Gus. Oh no, the flowers. They, they only grow near the sick. Uh, in voiceover, him reading, she just said the name of the episode, Mic Drop. 
Oh, how cute <laughs> is, is Bobby? Aww. I love how how Gus puts it all together and just lays it out straight. You're a big man. I'm tearing up. <laughs> Somebody's animal was a flamingo. Cute. Daisy is a tiger? The tiger is Daisy. Oh, look at him, his little kerchief and his overalls. Aw. Oh, they're dressed the same. I just realized that. They're dressed the same. Okay, that horse just kicked Nancy. The animals in this thing are pretty smart. Let's remember, family don't end with blood. <laughs> Love it. <laughs> oh, that was good. That was good. Steve is very much on team Bobby. So that's He was he's okay with Bobby. Maybe I need to lighten up. <laughs> I'll 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 back off a little bit. I'll try to be a little bit more open. I don't know what my problem was. I just don't know. I maybe I need to watch it a third time. Um, thank you, Steve, for that voicemail. As always, thank you, everyone that took some time to write in and give us your thoughts. Um, it it helps me process, so I appreciate that. Um. Well, next week, uh, as I mentioned, we're we're at the halfway point, so we're getting ready to yeah. be now on the the back end um, of the series. So next week, we'll be covering episode five of Sweet Tooth, titled "What's in the Freezer." Nancy, Nancy's in the freezer. Oh. <laughs> Yeah, I wasn't even thinking. I thought it might be something to do with the the sauce, the secret sauce. Oh god. Or or it's supposed to be a living hybrid though. So Okay, okay. I don't. Yeah, I bet they put Nancy in the freezer. Either way, it's going to be dark, I'm sure. It's got to be dark. <laughs> it, they're they're going to have to go to a dark place for sure again, and it's probably Nancy. I mean, cuz I mean, they're in a small community. It's going to be high, hard, I feel like, to hide things. You can't just bury mm-hmm. her in the backyard. You can't right. just plop her on the back of the horse and take her across town, you know, wrap her up and put her across town um, and hide her somewhere. Got to keep her from, you know, rot. Ugh, we're going to dark mm-hmm. places here. Um, <laughs> yeah, so I don't know. And no description. I don't think I, don't think I want one. <laughs> Well, we are excited that you followed us to Yellowstone, and we ask that you also please follow us on Twitter at StrangeTCast. You can like us on Facebook at Facebook.com slash StrangerTCast. You can email us at StrangerThingsCastPod at gmail.com, and you can also find us on the TV Time app. And you can find Strange Indeed and a bunch of other great podcasts at Podcastica.com, and go out and leave a review for Strange Indeed on Apple Podcasts. A lot of fun things happening on Podcastica. I know Jason and Lucy just had their Walking Dead crossover um, Mm. episode with Chris and Jason. Um, So be sure to check that out. I think that came out today. So it should be by the time you're hearing this, it should be available. And I know Jason and his roundtable of special guests have been covering the new What If um, series on Disney+. Plus. Yeah. That is exciting. Uh, I was always a big fan of those What If comics in the day. So be sure to check that out on Hus Podcastica. And speaking of great podcasts, um, be sure to check out Pake and Daphne on their podcast called Run For Your Lives. Yeah. Got a sneak peek this week? 
Um, we are currently on a little hiatus season That's break. That's right. We just finished bit of a break. season two. But uh, yeah, but all of our episodes from our first two seasons are up on, you know, you can find us on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, wherever you listen to podcasts. And I mean, as any podcast, all of our episodes are still available to go back and listen to. So definitely go back and check out old episodes. I would uh, recommend... I don't know. We've covered some great shark movies like The Meg and Jaws. Yeah. With Rima right here. So those are definitely great episodes to go listen to. (laughs) Fantastic episodes to go listen to, if I say so myself. (laughs) (laughs) That's awesome. Yeah. Well, well deserved um, little hiatus um, because you guys have not quit um, Mm -hmm. in in this time. So it's nice to kind of sit back. and take a breather. That's awesome. Yeah, you guys put out a lot of great stuff, a lot of great stuff to go back and check out. Okay. Awesome. Thank you so much. That is our show. Thanks for listening, everybody. Until next time, I'm Rima. And I'm Dave. And Christopher Parent is strange indeed. Indeed.